Welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist, a podcast where we meet the people of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia, hear their stories and explore ideas relevant to our church and community. My name is Janine and for today's podcast, we conclude our conversation with Ruth. Welcome back, Ruth. Hello. Well, we left you getting married last time. Well, I'm a bit confused. Now, I know you're a teacher, so um, can you tell us how this came about? Um, we were living in board and um, I, well, we'd had our last child. She was about three and I was thinking I probably need to move towards financially helping our family to um, to live and looking around the different occupations that existed in board at the time, um, I realised there weren't, weren't many options and um, if I didn't want to be a cleaner at the hospital, I needed to get some sort of qualification. Um, and I'd, I had done some bookkeeping courses and had started a... Um, I'd, a few, done a few subjects through Open University around organisational um, psychology and um, behavioural, I was quite interested in behavioural economics. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was looking into that, but thinking about that area, I thought it would be very difficult to get any sort of position while I was living in Bort um, to do with that. Um, and I was working as an ambulance community officer, so I thought about paramedicine, but uh, the lifestyle of a paramedic is quite difficult. Um, so um, I had been helping out in my kids' school, um, just helping the teachers in the classroom, and I really enjoyed working with kids who were struggling with their learning um, so I thought I'd um, get some qualifications as a teacher's aide. When I looked into it, I discovered that because I had done a diploma 20-odd years earlier, that disqualified me from getting government assistance to pay for a teacher's aide certificate. Um, and... They suggested that I look into doing a teacher, a proper teacher education course. And Stephen also suggested that, and I was like, no, I couldn't be a teacher. Um, and one thing led to another, and I guess I was convinced to take up teacher education because it was um, Latrobe Bendigo and Bendigo, um, which was an hour just over an hour away. It was accessible. I didn't want to do online study. Um, I tried that and it was very difficult for me. Um, So I did a tertiary entrance program for six months to learn basic um, tertiary skills and then started this teacher's course um, as a primary teacher. 
and like at the time I'd been doing Sunday school teaching, I'd worked as a um, CRE teacher and I was running an after-school program. So I'd had a lot of involvement working with kids and I really enjoyed working with kids um, and seeing them grow and develop. Um, so, yes, mm. that's how it started. <laughs> wow. And so you started studying in Bendigo. Yes. And then you came here. Were you still doing the course yeah. when you moved to Melbourne? So that was two and a quarter years ago. Was it? <laughs> um, so where did you do the studies then when you moved to Melbourne? So I just transferred from Bendigo, Latrobe Bendigo to um, Bendigo and Bund- mm-hmm. uh, Bundura. Bundura. Right, okay. Um, but I did two weeks on campus and then lockdown happened and I haven't been back on campus until my graduation. <laughs> right. Okay. Yes, that's <laughs> that happens, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, and now you are you teaching now? Yes, I am teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and how's it going? I'm really enjoying it. I definitely feel like I'm in my element. Um, really enjoying the challenge um, and enjoying teaching the students as well and seeing them get have little light bulb moments. And, mm wrestle with ideas mm. and, um, mm. yeah. So what class is it? I'm teaching year four. Wow. So how do you manage as a mother of eight children and being a teacher and being a pastor's wife, what are your skills? <laughs> what are your management? We want to know how you can do such a thing. It's amazing. I'm still figuring it out myself. <laughs> um, it's still very new, so I've only been teaching for a term and most of last term was relief teaching. I've only taken on the um, year fours in the last three weeks of term. Right. Um, so I'm still working out how to manage life, but Stephen's a very big part of that Um He's, he's got a very flexible job, <laughs> which, um, yes, means that we can tag team a lot. Mm. Um, and do you both sleep well then? Yes, I think we do. <laughs> we fall into bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would help if you were able to go to sleep quickly. Yes. Thumb all the demands on you. Well, so... As we think about you there with your busy life, do you consider the notion of a pastor's wife outdated? Um, I think it's hard to not be a pastor's wife. Like when you look at being a pastor as being more than just a job, it's it's a lifestyle, it's a ministry. So when you're married to someone who is a pastor, whether you're the wife or the husband, um, you are part of that ministry, whether you like it or not. And it it imbibes your, your life. Um, and I think for me, I being part of ministry, being a missionary kid, having um, just being surrounded by ministry, being in ministry has always been something that I've always wanted to do. 
Um, so I guess for me, I support Stephen. I also enjoy being part of the church, and but I also say that I'm not here as the pastor's wife. I'm here as a member of the congregation to do my bit in the church and to serve wherever I can and use my gifts that God has given me. Mm. Um, okay, well, with the, the gifts that God's given you, over the last few weeks we've seen you up the front um, singing. You, um, so are you finding your way with that? Or, and what other gifts in the church do you think? Um, yeah, so I've when I was younger I used to sing. Um, I was on the worship team at Blackburn Baptist um, from when I was about 14. I'd either play the flute or I'd sing. Um, and then when I moved away from Blackburn Baptist, I, um, and I didn't really do a huge amount within the church. Um, I'd help out wherever possible. Um, cooking is also another gift that I have. So if there are any mm -hmm. catering functions, I would always be there with, um, food. Um, and, for quite a number of years, I was um, I've been involved in children's ministry. So, um, from the time that my oldest was in prep, um, so that would be about seventeen years in children's ministry. Um, I, it was never something that I'd considered as a younger person. Um, I tried it once and didn't enjoy it as a seventeen-year-old. So I. <laughs> Um, didn't think it was for me, but I remember when we were um, at Mill Park Baptist, um, the, one of the deacons approached me and asked me if I would be interested in running their junior Sunday school, which was from three-year-old kinder to prep because the leader was leaving and I had three kids at the time. Um, I don't know if he obviously saw something in me that I didn't. Um, and so I was like, if there's no one else, I'll do it. Um, and, um, I, I have a strong administrative background, so, or I like things to be ordered and organized. So, um, yeah, I, I found, I've, I guess I found my place in children's ministry there and I really enjoyed it. I was able to use singing, we'd sing. Um, I'd lead the kids in singing and um, my drama skills came in very handy, um, telling stories um, and being crafty and um, finding crafts for the kids to do to help um, help them um, put in place what they'd been learning. Yeah. Um, and then when we moved to Bort, um, I became involved in the children's ministry there and eventually took the Sunday school leadership on um, and ran mm. the Sunday school for a number of years. Wow. Um, yeah. Mm. So, but then when we came to Canterbury, um, I guess with our inclusive service and having families within um, the service, there isn't sort of a need for a Sunday school leader. Mm. 
and I'd been wondering, and with COVID, mm. I'd been wondering what um, what place there was mm. in the church for me. Mm. Um, and so I started singing again. Well, it's been great to see you there. So apart from these gifts that fit into the church scene, what other sort of passions and pastimes do you like spending your time on? Um, I enjoy photography, so, um, especially taking photos of nature. Um, and I also enjoy crocheting. That, was, that came out of a um, ministry that we had um, in Bort. We were, had a girls' group. Um, and the other le- two leaders wanted to teach the girls how to crochet and I had no idea how to crochet so I jumped on YouTube and taught myself the night before and discovered that I really enjoyed it. Wow, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so, yes, and like, I enjoy playing piano at home. I'll, if I'm stressed, that's my stress relief. I'll sit down and play. Mm, lovely. So, stress relief. Well, here's a different question for you. (laughs) If you could have a perfect day and it's the holidays in this perfect day and no restriction on whatever, what would you do? Um, I enjoy exploring and going for walks. Um, Yeah, so just getting out with the family and having a picnic somewhere, going for a big, long hike, looking at the nature. Right, so to be with the family. Yeah. And whereabouts? Would it be beach or mountains or desert or what? Be- beach or mountain. I like both. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, that, that's lovely to picture you doing that. Um, now, you've, you've touched along all through on your faith but we haven't actually heard how you came to faith or is it something that was always there for you because you were in a Christian family? Did you have a time that you invited Jesus into your life or was it one of those growing awareness? It was a growing, um, it's been a growing faith. Um, I do distinctly remember as a three-year-old, three, four, five-year-old, somewhere in that time when we were in West Papua giving my life to God and asking him into my heart. Um, But I had many moments over my life where I think I I kept doing that. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Every Youth Alive. Yes event I would go down the front and And there's nothing wrong with that is there (laughs) to Christ again Mm. um and then um I was baptized at 14 um but then I went through um these mental health issues which really challenged where I stood with my faith and my relationship with God and it probably wasn't until I was 18 that I attended this conference and the speaker there said, you know, some of you have um, grown up in a Christian home and you go to these events and you keep going forward to give your life to Christ, but um, that's the doubt speaking. 
You need to have this moment where you place a stake in the ground and say, this is the moment that I give my life to Christ. Um, and from then on, there's no doubt. Um, so I distinctly remember that moment at this conference, placing my stake in the ground, saying, this is the moment I give my life to Christ. And that was for um, you. And that, that was, was for me. That was very special. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. It's so... Can you think of it, um, an answer to prayer that, that you'd be prepared to share with us? You've spoken about how you could sense the presence of God in such a real way that turned your life and that you can't forget about. But can you think of a specific answer to prayer? Um, I think there have been... There have been many mm. moments mm. where I've, I have had many times mm. where my prayers have been answered, um, not always in the way that I would expect, mm. um, but it's always come in the, like God providing or um, speaking into my life in different ways. Um, going to this conference, I remember I got quite sick and it was in Western Australia. And um, I had a terrible sinus infection and I didn't know whether I could go on the plane. Um, and I prayed and fasted for a couple of days and, um, and it, the sickness just left. It was this one miracle. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, Mm. Yes, and I was able to attend, and I think there was a good reason why I needed to go to that conference. Mm. Mm. Yes. Wow. You've shared so much about your life and the places you've been, yes. the situations, and now you're in a brand new place with having done one term of teaching. And there you are with, with your children and your very busy life. Wow, we're, we're in awe of you. <laughs> and, um, how are you processing it for yourself? How are you sort of thinking how can you do it? What, what safeguards do you have? Or, you know, I asked before, management, um, how do you see yourself? Have you got any thoughts about this? Um, I think I'm a task-oriented person, so... Having something to do is um, what drives me. Um, and I found with my own mental health, when I don't have a um, task to do, that's when it starts to creep back. Um, so um, I guess managing the tasks that I have um, is probably my greatest challenge and making sure I don't take on too much. Mm. Um, I know when I was in board, I did, I got to a point where I took on too much and I, I did crash a bit and I started having, cause I was on a whole bunch of different committees in the town. Um, and I had to start stepping back, which was very difficult for me to do. Mm. Um, but realizing that there's only so much you can do as a human being. Mm. But um, within our home, we have 
a structure in our home where everyone has a job to do. We're all part of the family. So um, being part of the family means that you need to help out in different ways. Our, we break our um, the jobs up into responsibilities and jobs. So we pay our children for jobs that I could do, but we get them to do instead. And then they have their own responsibilities like cleaning their room, um, keeping their spaces tidy. Putting do they do away. that? Not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You've got teenage boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and girls. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're all very different personalities. So do you have timetables up on the wall or what? I used to, but now, like, everyone knows what they have to do. Um, So, Mm. yeah. Did COVID help to settle in like that then when you had lockdown and, you know, not so many other things from outside? Yes, yeah. Mm. Um, I think And moving to a new space, Mm. it helped us to establish ourselves as a family Felicity had been living out of home for two and a half years, so having her come back um, and she found her place in the family as well. Mm. Um, Again, um, yeah, it it was a good – the two years of lockdown Mm. (laughs) has been positive for us. Mm. Amazing to have moved from a small rural place into Canterbury (laughs) and then to be locked down like that. Wow. Yes. Um, but in a way, it did help you to consolidate. Yes. Yes. So what are the advantages that you're seeing of being in Canterbury? Um, I think there's more opportunities for our kids. Um, some of our children are more music or artistic um, and in Bort there wasn't a lot of um, space where they could explore that side um so for those children it's been a good move for them they may not see it that way at the moment Mm. but um i think looking back they will see it's Mm. given them more opportunities to explore their gifts how about you personally so for me um just i think i'm still finding my feet here um for me, it's a bit like coming home because I grew up in this area. Um, mm. It's nice to be closer to shops. It's nicer to be closer to cheap fruit and veg. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um, but um, establishing myself with um, with friends and um, and finding um, different opportunities for myself outside of church and work Mm. Um, I'm still discovering that because a lot of things have been closed down over the last Mm. two years Um, Mm. so yes life is just one big adjustment isn't it It (laughs) trying to work things (laughs) out and well thank you very much for sharing like this Ruth you've taken us through your life beautifully and sensitively thank you very much That's fine. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who has tuned in to listen. This podcast is produced by Stephen Field and presented by Janine Wood on behalf of Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch with us, 
You can email cbc at canterburybaptist.org. If you are a member or regular attender of this church, how about you get in touch with Ruth directly and thank her for her contribution today. Theme music is the song The First Step by Andrew Naylor from his album Two Stones. This album is available wherever you purchase or stream your music. Join us next time as we continue our chats with the people of Canterbury Baptist.